You're listening to a Cripple and Co. production. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners, Andrew here. Well, it's summertime here in Canada where I'm recording, and you know, in summertime, we're always told to go outside and explore our national parks. But, you know, for all disabled people, exploring our national parks is just not accessible. Well, I want to tell you about a really cool event that's looking to change that. My friends at the Engineering Health Lab at the Kite Research Institute University Health Network are hosting a virtual conference on national park accessibility in Canada. This free event will take place from August 23rd through August 25th, 2022. The goals of this completely free event are What does national park accessibility look like to me and why is park accessibility important? What are the major barriers that impact national park accessibility for people with disabilities? And what are innovative solutions to improve park accessibility for people with disabilities? You know, I think this is such a great initiative and something you don't want to miss out on because we really need to be considering accessibility everywhere, even throughout our national parks in Canada. So to register for this free event, please head to www.parksaccessibilityconference.ca today. This is a podcast that looks at disability stories. It's like sitting down with a really close friend to have a real conversation about disability, sexuality, and everything else about the disability experience that we don't talk about. The things about being disabled, we keep in the dark. Here is your deliciously disabled host, disability awareness consultant, Andrew Gerza. Hello, hello, friends, and welcome to a bonus episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories. I am your delectably disabled daddy host, Andrew Gerza. Let us get comfy, cozy, and crippled and get the show started, shall we? One of the cool things about doing this podcast and being the boss and doing all the stuff and doing all the things is I get to, I get to drop cool bonus episodes in the feed whenever I want because I, I make the show. So this is one of those cool moments where I get to do that and I cannot wait for you to hear this episode. This will be a really fun, important bonus episode. So let me get right to it right now. So if you're a long-time listener of the program, you know you've heard my family all over the podcast. You've heard my mom on episode 65. You've heard my sister on our bonus episodes of um, the a Bumpin' Podcast with Heather and I that, that runs right in this feed. And today, you're going to hear another member of my family, and I cannot wait for you to meet him. He's so, so cool. You're going to meet my brother, Quincy Morrison St. Kitts, who is a fantastic visual artist. And I sat down with him this past weekend to talk about his experience as he was just recently diagnosed as being on the autism spectrum. So we talk a little bit about his experience with disability, and we talk a little bit about what his experience of becoming diagnosed as a person with a disability has been like for him. And we also talk about his amazing art. He's a really, really really talented visual artist. Uh, my my apartment where I record is 
is strewn with his amazing pieces of art all over the place on my walls. I see him, my, his work in my bedroom, in my living room. He's such a powerful visual artist. So we talk about that, and we also talk about how he wants to incorporate his kind of understanding of disability in the work he makes and in the art he makes. He's really, really well known for a lot of um, visual art that depicts superheroes, the female form, stuff like that. So we talk about all these things in this interview, and I'm just really, really proud of him for for doing artistic things while being disabled and learning about his disabilities and having the strength to come on a podcast like mine and talk about his disability identity. It's not an easy thing for us to talk about, especially when it's something that we are just finding out about ourselves, and so I'm really, really proud that he was willing to come on the show and talk to me about this, and I'm also really proud to promote his work as an artist. So without further ado, here's my interview with visual artist and my brother, Quincy Morrison Sankitz, right here on Disability After Dark. Quincy Morrison St. Kitts, hello. Hey, what's up? Hey, how you doing? I'm good. So, normally I would ask you to start telling by telling us who you are, and you can tell us all that in a minute, but first, I want the audience to know that today is a very special episode of Disability After Dark because I'm talking to my brother, Quincy. Hi, Quince, what's up? Yeah. How are you today? I'm pretty good. Good, good. Um, I'm excited to have you on the show. You're the you're the third family member on the show now. Mom, oh, yeah. Heather, and Quincy have been on, so you're the third one. Yay! Cool. Um, so you're my brother, and you're awesome, and I know you're awesome. But I want the audience to know just how awesome you are. So can you start by just introducing yourself a little bit, telling us who you are and what you do? I'm yeah Quincy Morrison St. Kitts and uh, I'm I've been an artist for about 10 years and um yeah nowadays I'm doing oil paintings you know big oil paintings and I do a lot of you know pop culture themed things and yeah different things like DC comics or you know Stranger Things it's a favorite show of mine yeah it's pretty good season four hey Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty good. And what what you can see, audience, is he's is Quincy's sitting behind a huge, giant, amazing painting that he did, full of pop culture characters and DC characters, right? Mostly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell how much I know about comics because I was like, I don't know which one they are. Oh no. Um. So, but you're it's so so detailed, and I'll take a picture of it. I'll put it on my Instagram so you can see what I'm talking about, but it's really, really just so, so awesome. Um, and it took you such a long time. And I think we're going to talk about some of your art more today, but first, mm-hmm. before we jump into your art, I know that a couple of days ago, you just got identified as a person with a disability. And I wanted to ask you, Q, how do you, how, wait, let me pull up the right question. I want to ask you, could you share with us a little bit about what that process of, Becoming identified as somebody with a disability was like for you? 
Yeah. So it was actually a long sort of process, which you know started with me um, dealing with um, a lot of anxiety and depression, which I still deal with today. But um, what it really kicked off was when mom um, went with, I think she went with you to uh, uh, um, some sort of event with autistic people. That's right. Yep. So she learned all about it and, you know, the real uh, story behind them. I know there's different, there's a bigger spectrum of autistic people out there. So I think she took that and she set up an appointment at a mental health clinic called Red Path Center downtown. And um, yeah, that was something I ended up thinking about for a while. Um, so we finally went down there and they we went through this really sort of, at the end of the day, really tired, like it's really sort of grueling um, tests. They had a lot of you know, questionnaires and they had these sort of visual tests to tell, try to, you know, find out if you could read people's emotions. Right. Or read patterns and trying to find out how your, where your skills were and they asked you all these interesting questions. And I, I remember you saying, really <laughs> I remember you saying it was a lot of like, almost questions that contradicted themselves, like what is up and what is down and how is left and what is right and like all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they were like, what's the similarities, not differences, they said similarities between peace and war. And that was very <laughs> sort of difficult. And yeah, you just tried to try your best. Um, and at the end of the day, I felt like you were just, un- it's like one of those, it's like a big test that you weren't sure if you passed, yeah, so you'd gone through all of this. Like you didn't, you didn't have to study, and you didn't sure sure if you would, what was the award. Like you didn't win, or did I get it, or I don't know. Yeah, and the reward is, ooh, I get to be maybe a disabled person, maybe not. Like that's you know, it's, a, it's not necessarily the coolest like payout for you at the end. Do all that work to be like, oh yeah, you're identified, but mm-hmm. but I know like when. You know, I know that you've been struggling with some some disability stuff for a while. Like all of us in the family have seen you kind of work through that. And I know that that testing day was really hard for you. And so now then that happened a few weeks ago. So now that you've come through it and kind of been identified, how do you feel now? Um, on the day, actually, what happens with it is we had it appointment about three weeks ago and then then like just yesterday they finally gave you the feedback and right after that you know I just just sort of gave me a strange you know and overwhelming feeling I wasn't sure how to feel about it um but you know at the end of the day what I realized that it's it's really great to to know what it is yeah label on it because, you know, for like the longest time, you just go through these, you know, depressive things and not knowing what's going on and thinking, well, am I exaggerating? There's nothing wrong. Yeah. But it's good to know that there's something really, you know, happening and I can, and they gave you nice um, solutions. And I, solutions. Yeah. And I know a lot of the, a lot of the autistic people that I speak to on the show have said like, finally getting that diagnosis or you know learning that you're on the spectrum can be like a big sense of relief because now you know there's something you can you have a name for it it feels 
something you can manage. How, how do you feel about that? Um, yeah, I was just saying, I, I feel a lot, you know, I feel a lot better knowing. And then they like, cause I, what, the thought is, first of all, autistic people are seen as one thing is the severest version of autism. Yeah. Yep. But, you know, then I learned there's, I'm on the lower side. So I'm, I'm, it's still something and it's real, but it's not, you know, crazy. And then, um, sorry, what was, well, that's okay. I just want to know, like, to tell me more about how you, you feel about like just having a diagnosis for yourself. How does it make you feel? I noticed when I saw, cause I saw you yesterday, like I noticed that since you've been given a diagnosis, you seem more confident. You seem more like, like you, you just seem more outward a little bit. Do you feel that way? Yeah, I think it's, you know, I still have all the anxieties, but, you know, you sort of, sort of relief a little bit, you a little bit of peace. I think what I was just, what I was going to say was that usually they'll, they won't give you many options for a diagnosis. They'll just yeah. be like, okay, we're going to give you some drugs and we'll call it a day. But with these people, they they give you a nice, you know, descriptive list of different options where possibly you could be, you know, just, you know, reading it, learning from a book or, you know, going into some sort of, you know, training with someone or talking to like people. Cognitive behavioral therapy, behavioral yeah. stuff instead of, because I know from talking with you and, and mom a little bit, I know that you don't, drugs are not something you really want to do, right? No, um, I think it was back in 2016, I had a, you know, traumatic uh mental episode it was hard to come back from right i think it was in 2006 right yeah something like yeah it was a long yeah. it was a long time ago and it's just yeah since then just try to stay away i understand because the drugs that they put you on for and anybody who who's listening who needs drugs i think it's great and i'm happy for you but some of us like q don't feel like the drugs work for him so that's fine but let's go and let's talk about Let's shift gears a bit and talk about some more fun things, hey? Let's talk yeah. about, because so I know you're an amazing visual artist. And I know this because what you, the audience can see is there's a big giant painting on the wall behind me of me as Professor X that Quincy painted for me, well, probably now about 10 years ago, just when you got started. Yeah. And it's me in my wheelchair as Professor X with a with an artistic rendering of Rogue behind me. Um, and everybody that walks in my house sees that painting and goes, wow, who did that? It's so awesome. And I always say, well, yeah, that's great. well, that's my brother. It's, he's so awesome. So he painted it. Yeah. So we, so I know you're a great visual artist and I was lucky enough to get a, get a, an original painting from you just for me in my house. Mm-hmm. Um, you've created some really beautiful art. Like we've talked about and some really interesting and powerful pieces of art. Can you share with me, Q, what drew you? to want to become an artist? Well, it's actually sort of interesting because when I first think thought about, you know, starting to become an artist, it was actually sort of that people, you know, my family, uh, like my mom, or uh, thought about, like, wow, you're really good at that, so you should keep going with that. And I thought, well, okay, I'll just start with drawing a sketchbook and do some freestyling and get something started. And um, I sort of took that and, you know, developed into doing figurative art and, you know, lots of different people. And then 
became more and more specific, I found. And it's sort of, you know, it got me to the point where I really enjoyed drawing, but I wanted to do take what I felt like was the next level to me was to do painting. Yeah. So it sort of became like, you know, a love of creating, you know, you know, just put something that wasn't there before, you know, creating, having, you know, going through the process and putting something on the page, you know. Just... And so what did that do for you? Like what, like, as you started doing this more and more, what did it feel like to put stuff on the page? What, how did it make you feel? Well, you think more and more about the, the cool ideas you could do, like what's next. Um, I've done this. You know, can I do another portrait or another angle or another new technique? Um, you know, even even with the painting, I ended up doing different types of mediums to start. I started with you know spray paint, spray paints, and it ended up you know being in oils where I was really comfortable because. It gives me lots of time to work, but, um, you know, going back to the inspiration for a second, I think photography was on vac- on vacations was also a really big thing for me. Yeah. I would take pictures of all the things I'd love to see and, and enjoy these images. And... Oh, I remember. I remember I was playing on family vacations and you were running around with cameras and taking like thousands of photos. And I was thinking like, plants, yeah. <laughs> you have to go over here. And you were like, sorry, I got to take yeah. a picture. I got to take a picture. I remember. Yeah, yeah. And I just sort of treasure these moments and I end up um, doing my own photo shoots. Cause at the time when I started, it was 2010. Uh, I was at school and I was able to just, you know, um, have a space to work. They would give you their uh, access to the studio all the time. So I started doing these, you know, photo shoots. And I figured out how to find you know, great models. And I just did, did uh, you know, Every once in a while, I'd do one. I'd organize the day and the time and book the space. And and then I would start to help me create, you know, photos for my artwork. And you create... would happen. So I'd yeah. want original work, you know, original things and not copyrighted stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, you, I was excited like you, about that. You've done some really, like, what I love about your art is it's provocative. It's different. Like, you've done, like really sexy i want to say it's sexy art pieces like not like sexually explicit stuff but like how would you okay well if i was to describe your art i would say like it's sexy comic book-esque art how would you describe it kind of maybe you would say um like an edgy sort of realism yeah yeah i would agree with that art that's kind of that that it's like a you know study of the figure and i find with the main thing that comes up in my art is, you know, strong female uh, characters. And I just like the female form and, and the, I mean, um, ideas of different personalities is what is, is exciting. Yeah. I mean, I like, I, I can't, I don't know exactly what you titled this piece, but I'm thinking of the one of like the She-Hulk woman climbing, or was it the vampire woman climbing up the building with, with her breasts out, right? That one? Um, n- no, <laughs> there was a, yeah, there's, there's this girl that she's got is this sort of, um, synthetic suit. Um, she's climbing up a building, right? It's the, the purple suit, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, it's, it sort of has like the shoulders open. Oh, did I totally get it wrong? <laughs> 
Yeah, that's okay. Maybe I think you were thinking of, like, I like to do paintings of, you know, inspired by Renaissance paintings too. So there'd be nudes. Yeah. So there's that one that I did of an angel with sort of her butt out there. And yeah. And I have one of, not necessarily a Renaissance painting, but I also have one of Shakira with like her booty popping, not out of, not out, but it's in my room too. So, so you do a lot of really like, yeah, provocative and like important art about the form. And I think that's really cool because you take realism and you put it in like, like a superhero context a lot of the time. Like the painting right. behind you is a bunch of superhero characters in a really realist, really cool way. What about what about those kind of characters is inspiring to you as an artist? Um well they just live some like the um such interesting stories, you know, like the Usually it's, it's their, they have sort of, you know, uh, a detailed persona. Yeah. And, and it, it's just like, yeah, it's it kind of flows with my sort of, you know, love of the, of us, you know, someone overcoming, I'm coming something that they were struggling with or like they yeah. were in action. Um just yeah there's sometimes these sort of uh, interesting personalities like say wonder woman it's one of my favorites and because uh, of can't the, see, but the... she's in in the painting in the background oh i can see her um, she's got this sort of you know um you know, virtuous personality but also she you know, cares for people and and um and just the stories are so rich like they there's so much to draw from yeah that you you know you get you know really um invested in the story and um yeah i don't know yeah it's there's certain things that that, that um that take you on a journey yeah and i think the, the journey you've created with your art is so important i didn't know that it was i didn't know that you liked to draw um strong fem- female characters i mean i've seen it in your art but i didn't really know the story behind it so thank you for sharing that um so i want to give you a chance to just gush about how much you love your art is there a particular piece of art that has been your favorite to create and can you share with us the story behind that yeah so i feel like there's this one artwork which you can't see in the in the podcast but it's right behind me it's it's a very big sort of cyberpunk piece and it's it's uh showcasing a lot of my favorite things in it because it's got like memorabilia from different, you know, franchises. Um, it's, um, it's called save my icons and, um, I've worked on it for a long time and I really enjoyed doing it because it had, you know, um, such a, a futuristic theme that allowed me to capture my imagination and really create. And, um, yeah, I just, really love the piece it's my most recent piece but i was working on it for about 10 months if you can believe almost a year right yeah it was a yeah, long time almost a year and that was that's only just painting of it and the rest of i it took me like three or four months to even just plan but it was so worth it um yeah i just really love the um the way that it, it allowed me different freedoms like it gave me um 
the opportunity to do different neon colored lightings and learn yeah. about you know interesting things like holograms or robotics and um it's something i've just always wanted to do and just having the chance to do it and you know take it to the limit it's been a really great experience yeah and i mean it's so it's so fantastic and for those of you that can't see don't worry i'll take a i'll take a picture of it and i'll put it up on my uh instagram feed when this episode comes out next week and um then you can all see it because Quincy is also has some art for sale, which we'll get to in a minute. And you can maybe buy one of his pieces, which we'll get to in a second. But first, Quince, I want to ask you, do you think now that you've been identified as somebody with a disability yourself, you might incorporate disability into some of the art you create? Yeah, definitely. Um, I actually think that I, I've had you know, throughout the past, not even knowing what the diagnosis was, I felt like I wanted to create pieces that, you know, illustrate the struggle of mental illness. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, for me, it's been anxiety. So it's been like, you know, fear. So I wanted to actually illustrate fear in a, in a physical sense of a monstrous, you know, struggle. Yeah. And because um, yeah, I've been there so many times. And then, yeah, I've had throughout my you know I used to do I used to write ideas just just keep writing 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 I would I have a bunch of ideas that focus on you know social commentary and you know different because there's so many different types of people out there yeah I've always felt like a bit like the outcast so I'd love to get a chance to do um, a piece like that that you know it makes this big social commentary that people really identify with in a really sort of illustrative way so yeah, I've definitely thought about it. Um, I find the, the the most sort of prominence of those you know type of ideas, which is sort of you know been worked into my cyberpunk painting a little bit, is to um, sort of illustrate those who've who'd had to deal had a traumatic experience with uh, amputation, and yeah, I wanted to showcase that there is like you know hope in the future with technology. So I would like to do a lot of sort of, you know, robotic limbs and, you know, show, maybe try to also show that they've, you know, had the struggle, like sometimes they just don't have it on and, you know, sort of a progressive way to look at um, that kind of thing. Yeah, like futuristic, like, you know, using technology to create access and accessibility. And I think, you know, a lot of people with, with amputation, and I've talked to a few on the show, you know, some of them use some of them use prosthetics, some of them don't. But I think putting those ideas in art and showing showing disability in art like that, especially the way you want to do it, is really, really important because we don't see it in art usually. It's not really talked about. So I think you coming out as like a disabled visual artist like you are mm-hmm. is really, especially on a, on a show like this, thank you for being here. But, you know, coming out and doing this is important because someone listening who might want to do art and put their disability in a piece of art that they make can now hear you and go, well, Quincy did it. So cool. I can do it too. Yeah. I did definitely love to create something that's, you know, that touches people, you know, their soul, you know, makes them think. And uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's inspiring thing. I just haven't had the chance to do yet, but I'd love to do it, you know, as soon as I can. And I know, I know from being your 
brother and seeing how hard you work. I know you'll get there for sure. Um, What about your disabilities, Q, makes the creation of art easier and at times more difficult for you? Um, I find the only sort of portion of my disability that actually helps is the fact that it it, it gives me a drive to be focused, Um, you know, because a lot of the thing with it is to not be able to have your routine disrupted and, you know, just being affected by that. And they actually, you know, it can be, it can be actually be good a little bit because then you have a chance to work and you have a drive to create something, work on something throughout the week and get a lot done. Yeah. Um, And then I would say this, you know, quite a few negatives, like um, some days you, you won't be calm enough to work. And so you needed to get something done, but your calm is disrupted by the fact that you feel a little bit, you know, if you have some anxiety and you need to be able to focus on each, you know, part that you create and you're yeah. going through it. And a lot of art is about state of mind, you know, cause if you're, you're angry, you're not going to do such a good job in you know, working on it. If you have anxiety and you yeah. play your music and you get in this, you know, a good groove going, and you sort of have a chance to get something done nicely and take your time and patiently, and, and you, you're able to figure out the things you need to figure out. Yeah, so that disrupts that. Um, and yeah, sometimes I'll I'll have to sit down and and figure things out because throughout the artwork you want to learn about how something looks, so you have to look at the concept and um, you know do some research or create something from a drawing. And I find that gets, you know, it just sometimes takes longer for me to understand something. Yeah. So So because you're neurodiverse, it means you just have to, because you learn a bit differently, right? So to be able to sit and do research, like, you know, pull out a bunch of books and do research can be, can be different for you because of your, your disability, right? Right. So, so sometimes, for example, I'd have to, you know, I'd imagine how a, a a building looks from a specific angle. Um, and sometimes you just can't visually get, you know, get the understanding of it. And eventually you get it, but it takes longer. Or if you're trying to, yeah, it's just saying to create something from nothing is to be able to, you know, understand how it works. Yeah. A lot of the time with this painting that I was talking about, you know, the cyberpunk painting, I was, you know, creating a robotics. So I'd have to think about, you know, I, I did a, I did a little uh, animal at the bottom. It's like a rabbit or something. I wanted to you know, learn about how, you know, its joints worked and how its muscles worked and all those kinds of things. But it just took me longer to get there and what yeah. to incorporate to make it look good. So and I mean, you know, I still work on it, but it's it's difficult sometimes. Yeah. I mean, again, oh, and I'll put it in the in the Instagram stories again so people can see. But it's there's so much detail, and no wonder it took you so long because you did the research to understand the detail to put it on the page to then make it look how it looks. And when you all listening see this painting, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. It's so detailed that no wonder it took you ten months to do. Like, wow. Yeah. Fortunately, you know, I'm. 
I'm driven enough to make sure that I include all that detail. People might say to me, well, why don't you just take a bunch of things out? And I'm like, well, no, I, I want to, this, this piece I wanted to do the best I could possibly do. So I wanted to make sure that I could, you know, do every bit of detail and, you know, take it to the, the farthest limit and actually spend a really long time just searching for images and finding the correct images. But it was great that I did. Yeah. And do you think that part of your disability is kind of um, honing in on that detail? Like really making sure you have the right, the detail? Yeah, I was, I was thinking that that when I was, that when I was talking about the, the possible help that it is that I, even when I, I get away from the studio or I'm in my room or doing anything else, I can't help but think about, you know, what's next with the painting and how to solve the problem. And yeah. uh, the wheels are turning in my mind of how it's going to work. And eventually, you know, even subconsciously, I get to the solution somehow. So that part helps. But, you know, it's also that you get um, caught up in worries and you the worries follow the same route of constantly rolling over in your mind. Yeah. And that's not helpful. But, you know, with artwork, it, it can be a, a benefit for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so does your art, because I know you talked earlier about, like, calmness. Does the art help keep you calm and keep you relaxed and centered? Um, yeah, it depends what I'm working on. But, yeah, once I've I've got a good, um, once I've had a good work day, then for sure. And, you know, I just love keep, you know, coming up with new artworks that, you know, that, that um they have all the things in them that I love and uh, yeah, getting those done is makes you feel pretty good. And yeah, it gives me a sense of, uh, of purpose and um, yeah, I just, I just, yeah, I feel good. It makes you feel good. And then I, um, I, you know, ha- I have to have music or else. <laughs> oh, we know. Work. <laughs> I know when you're working, cause you always have like ACDC on or some like metal mm-hmm. stuff or some like what what kind of music when you do when you do your art which is so fantastic what kind of music do you like to play uh I found for me I, my comfort food or comfort music is some um, 80s stuff like retro sort of 80s what I've learned is there's these synthwave mixes you can find on YouTube yeah. And they're coming up and they're all different and I just love the sound of the A's it's just you know sort of a comfortable you know it keeps you going and it's it's a good synth wave and then I um, with this cyberpunk painting I worked on it for a long time and I've been in the same mode a little bit I've been listening to sort of electronic music and a yeah. lot of you know cyberpunk themed things um because yeah because the this painting was actually a little bit inspired or somewhat by the video game Cyberpunk 2077. I'm not enough of a... You may not be familiar, but I'm sure some of the listeners know. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they know. I'm Um, not cool enough to know what it is, but I'm sure. Um, Uh, What else do I play? Hold on, I was just just thinking. I also like to play sometimes, you know, rock music. I don't know. You need something with a good energy. Yeah, something... You sort of, you know, low, and it's... But occasionally which actually influence from instance from my um disability a little bit i need something that's, that's calming i'll find these sort of chill wave things so yeah like lo-fi yeah a nice chill beat to go so that's how i'll start some days some days i'll just do that and it, it gets me in a good place 
And then when I feel like I want to change things, I change it up. But, you know, that's a thing that's really helpful. And it doesn't feel like it gets old. Like YouTube is really great and it gives you a different sort of, you know, streams to listen to. So, yeah, that's awesome. And I I love your process, how, how, like, how the disability, uh, how being, how having the disability and knowing what keeps you calm and what keeps you, like, pumped and learning how, your neurodiversity works with all that is really, really important. And it's, again, I think what you're doing, coming out and talking about being a disabled artist today is really, really cool and really important. So what are you working on now then? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, right now, it's actually some pretty cool stuff, the really like, comic book stuff. Um, currently, I'm working on uh, actual a fan, a fan painting of the Batman. So I've got two oh, cool. portraits of, um, I've got Robert Pattinson in the cowl. And then I've got um, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman on the other side. And um, yeah, that's currently my, my painting I'm working on, but it's also got like this nice sort of, you know, urban gritty city in the background. Yeah, it's going to be great. Oh, nice. I'm also working on like, I think afterwards, of course, I don't you know, I, have to, I find it's best with me to work one piece at a time, but on the on the uh, in the studio as well is a nice big piece of um, Christopher Reeve's Superman, which I know is um, iconic for most people. So I found it would be great. It was great to do um, that piece as well because it's you know I wanted to start doing these pieces that stand out to people that stand out to me as well that resonate. Yeah, and he so, was yeah he was for a time a disabled icon. So I mean that's really that's cool. That's awesome. Right. So those are the, yeah, those are the couple pieces that are, you know, in the studio at the moment. And uh, I can't wait to, you know, get, get really close to doing portraits. Uh, I was, as you know, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I remember being your subject. It was so fun. We should do an updated portrait of me sometime. Yeah, for sure. I think I like, could do like another, well, I don't know, maybe it could be a, you can like make a me X in like a like a reaction like scene or something or you can make me the bad guy this time you can make me like the the evil guy for sure yeah because you know i'm your older brother so by default i'm the bad guy um <laughs> but uh but so um i will finish the questions that i wrote down for us today was there anything else you wanted to share about your art or your disability um yeah, not at the moment. I think I just wanted to, you know, let everyone know that my Instagram is a it's a Q Arts. It's Q U E A R T S. It's pretty simple. As long as you just put that all in one, you've got that. And then um, on Facebook, um, I think it's just Quincy and Morrison. Yeah, it's that's those my connects. And, yeah, I'll but, find it and link it there, no problem. But also, what I'll what I'm gonna do over the next week after you folks listen to this, I'm gonna put some art up on my Instagram that Quincy wants to sell. So if you want an amazing piece of futuristic art or really like cool forms on your wall, and you want to have some in your place, like my my walls, in my room, and my backyard are full of Quincy's art. So if you want some really cool, different art made by a disabled artist um oh yeah quince i have one more question for you so yeah if you want cool stuff cool art then you can see it on my instagram also quince if you had 
some advice for other disabled artists out there who may be wanting to start like how you started what would you what would you say um i think the best thing to do is to you know sort of allow yourself to try different things and you know start slowly you know and that if you don't do your art in the way that someone else does you don't worry about it i think those would be the best points you know because then you can just you can slowly get into it and find your own way i find every single you know artist is different they're all like you're not have to worry about okay well i don't do people so that's not good or i don't do the background well or you know anything kind of like that there's so many different ways to do it so just yeah. try to you know let yourself work you know be, be proud enough to, to hang your pieces up and you know yeah, yeah. and I mean, don't worry if your disability gets in the way some days, or if you get tired, or if you can't do it. It's all right. If I think that, and when you see the art that I'm talking about, you'll see how even if you're disabled or you have neurodiversity or you're physically disabled, you can make really great stuff. So I would, I would also say to any artist listening that you can totally do it if you want to. Um, Quince, it was so fun to have you on the show today. Thank you for yeah, being here. Yeah, great, it's fun. Um. So thank you so much for being here and I will talk to you soon. Okay. Cool. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. So that's the episode. And just before we're done here, I wanted to do some housekeeping things just before I forget. Quincy will be offering to sell some of his amazing art pieces, which I will put on my Instagram feed at andrewgerza1. So stay tuned for that. And I'll put the story of the pieces that he wants to sell along with a price list and all those things. So if you want to support a disabled artist like Quincy, please consider doing so when I put that up. And as you can see, if you go to my Instagram right now, when this drops on Wednesday, you will... I'm recording this, this outro on Sunday, but when you're listening right now, if you go to my Instagram... Today, right now, you'll see his his latest piece that he was talking about throughout the episode. And throughout the week and weeks to come, you'll see pieces that he wants to sell. So, stay tuned for that. I'm really, really proud to be able to support my disabled brother. And if you want some cool art made by a really awesome disabled artist, then just stay tuned for that. Another little outro before we're finished. I also want to invite you to be a guest on the podcast within this show. So I want you to come on my show, This Shit Is Real. If you're somebody living with gastrointestinal issues, I want you to come on the show and tell me your story. So email us at disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com and use the subject line, This Shit Is Real, and let me know your experience of having gastro issues with disabilities. So far, we've done five episodes, four or five episodes of that, and I love doing this series so much, and I would love for you to be a guest. I'm also considering, I haven't done this yet, but I am considering doing a whole other podcast outside of Disability After Dark called Scares from My Wheelchair. One of my favorite genres is scary stories and ghost stories and all those things, and I would love to hear from disabled people who have ghost stories they want to share so I could set up this new podcast. I haven't done anything about it yet. I haven't produced it yet. It hasn't become a part of anywhere yet, but I want to um, 
consider starting a whole new show called Scares from My Wheelchair, all about scary things and ghosts and all that stuff. And you can submit, even if you're not disabled, I want to hear your stories and I want to read them aloud to you and get scared from my wheelchair. So that's something that I'm noodling with and I'd love for you to be a part of that. If you want to submit stories for that, you can email us at disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com or andrew at andrewgerza.com. Um, but I would love to have you be a part of that too. So that's it for now. Thanks for listening to this bonus episode and thank you for being here, friends. Bye! Alright friends, that's another episode of Disability After Dark in the books. Thank you so much for making this episode comfy, cozy, and crippled. And I hope you enjoyed sitting down with your favorite disabled person on the internet and talking all things disability. Thank you so much for being here. If you want to follow my work, you can head over to my website, andrewgerza.com, or you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at andrewgerza1. If you want to be on the show, you can, of course, email us at disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com with your disability story. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to support Disability After Dark, you can go to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark and pledge as little as $1 a month up to $5 a month or more, or even a yearly amount if that works for your budget. We at Disability After Dark, me, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for supporting this show and Crippled Co. and all the things we do. And tune in next week when we shine a light on another disability story right here on Disability After Dark. Bye, friends! Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was created, recorded, and produced by Cripple & Co. Productions and Andrew Gerza. Any and all use of materials graphics, audio recordings, etc. cannot be used or distributed without express permission. If you would like to use an episode of the podcast or license an episode of the podcast on your website, please consider emailing Andrew Gerza and Crippling Co. Productions at disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com. Copyright 2022